Hello and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome like anxiety, health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I'm Sarah and I'm happy to connect with you this week. This week, we are publishing an episode on Monday, which we don't typically do, but it is for Pandas Pans Awareness Day. Pandas Pans are neuroimmune disorders that can have a number of symptoms such as tics, OCD, aggression, anxiety, um, even fine motor skill issues. And PANDAS is associated with a trigger from strep, uh, strep infection, whereas PANS, there are a whole number, um, it's kind of the broader name and um, the broader disorder, whole number of things that can be the trigger in that case. And so it's something I'm really passionate about. It's something that's been in my family. I've talked openly about my son's disorder. I've talked um, a lot about some of the challenges that go along with it. I wrote a book, Pendulum by S.E. German, which um, was a reflection and it is a middle grade novel speaking about um, an experience with pandas. And so with this being Pandas Pans Awareness Day, I wanted to put an episode out there that I recently recorded that was really excellent with a young person with Pandas Pans. And I think it's going to really give you some insight into some of the challenges and some of the things that... um, can be an issue and hopefully if you're a parent of someone with pandas pans or maybe a teacher it'll give you some insight firsthand into these disorders also as i mentioned on my fall preview episode i have been working with the inflamed brain alliance with which is a canadian registered charity in terms of being a team leader in their stepping up for pans pandas Uh, fundraiser that was happening in September, but also we're still accepting donations throughout October. So if you are interested to support the work that the Inflame Brain Alliance is doing around awareness, around um, education, working with providers, helping Canadian families, please let me know. You can reach out to me at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram or Real Life Project Co at gmail.com and I can send you the link to donate to this wonderful charity. And if you remember, we had in a previous episode, Marnie and Richard Deshane, who are um, co-founders of this charity within Canada, and they talked about their experience within their family of uh, pandas as well. So You can always go back and listen to that episode if you want to understand a little bit more about some of the beginnings of the Inflamed Brain Alliance. So without further ado, our guest today is Zach Oates. He is a young person living with pandas. He's an occupational therapy master's student at Washington University in St. Louis, so in the United States, and a graduate of Gonzaga University. 
His passions are in the areas of mental health and psychology, and he does speak about that within the episode. Though he still struggles, he's found a lot of success working through his symptoms, and he hopes to work in mental health in the future and wants to share his story today to raise awareness for Panda's Pans. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I really appreciated Zach for wanting to speak about his experience and his candidness and his openness around that experience and I hope that you gain as much as I did from this episode. Without any further ado, please enjoy this episode with Zach Oates. So welcome Zach to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. So why don't we start with you providing a little bit of your background um, and even touching on some of the development of Panda's Pans. Okay, yeah, totally. Um, so first, I guess, starting with my background, um, I am 27 years old, grew up in the Seattle, Washington area. Um, I'm currently actually living in Denver, Colorado, finishing up a, a fieldwork rotation. Um, I, I completed undergrad in Washington, and then I'm doing grad school now for occupational therapy, actually. So that's what my rotation is for. Um, yeah, and I guess kind of like getting into my childhood, um, there's a lot I can go over, but I guess I'll start with, um, yeah, had a lot of anxiety and OCD kind of all throughout my childhood, um, still do today, um, but we kind of know like why now we have, we know the reasoning. And um, if you want, I can kind of get into the whole background of how I kind of we learned that I had pandas. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I think those that are listening would be super interested to kind of hear how you guys settled on a diagnosis and, and all of that information. Okay, great. Yeah, so I guess starting at the beginning, um, I had a lot of uh, different like sicknesses when I was really, really young, even starting at about five months old. Um, I had a lot of ear infections, sinus infections, and even strep infections. And um, according to my mom, my my mental health my mental health would get a little bit worse every time I had one of those sicknesses. Um, and at the time, we didn't really know what the association was, but we just knew I was kind of getting sick a lot and was starting to have some mental health troubles. And then when I got to second grade, is when um, things got pretty bad. Um, so I was having a lot of like really intense OCD was even like hearing voices. Um, I think at one point I told my mom that I wanted to die. And that's, you know, that's not very normal coming from like an eight-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. So that's when we kind of started to realize that we maybe should figure out what was going on here. Um, so we we started by, I tried a bunch of different antibiotics when I was sick um, and they would all kind of help the sickness, but none were really helping my mental health symptoms. Um, so I started doing uh, therapy. I actually got an OCD diagnosis Um, but we weren't sure exactly what the, you know, why I had everything. Um, so we, eventually we were talking to my primary care doctor. My mom had learned a little bit about pandas and thought that that maybe could be what was going on. Um, but the primary care doctor that I was seeing was not familiar with pandas and didn't really didn't even like believe in it. Um, so we kind of put that on the back burner and figured that that must not be what was going on. Um, and then eventually, um, Things weren't getting better with therapy, so we went to a naturopathic doctor, and they um, introduced me to homeopathy, and that was kind of the first thing that finally started working, and I finally started to feel a little bit better. Um, did some homeopathy drops, and that was kind of kind of got rid of the initial really really bad OCD. 
Um, so for the rest of my, I guess, like teenage years and young adulthood, um, I, I still struggled a lot with anxiety and OCD, but it would kind of come and go. And it was never really as bad as it was when I was uh, eight years old. And then um, when I was a senior in college, I actually got strep and mono at the same time, which was not fun. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, my mental health got, again, got a lot worse right after that. Um, so then we kind of we started thinking about um, what my mom had learned about pandas when I was really young. And we were thinking, you know, everything lined up for that to be what it was. So um, I saw a couple more naturopathic doctors and they agreed that that was probably what was going on. Um, so then I actually started working with uh, a company called uh, Resilience Naturopathic. And that was what really, really um, started to help me a lot. I started doing homeopathy through them. They work with um, you kids and adults who are struggling with pans and pandas using homeopathy. And so that is what I've been doing the last, I guess, four years now. Um, and that has been like the biggest breakthrough for me. I do. I definitely still struggle a lot with anxiety and OCD, but it's gotten to a point where it's very manageable. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the summary of everything. And I guess I'll say, too, that although I have found a lot of success, like working with uh, naturopathic doctors, I think um, I'm definitely not opposed to, you know, like a more traditional like Western medicine route, too. I think there's a lot of um, good treatments there for people with pans and pandas like IVIG and things like that. And so I think the naturopathic route has worked best for me. But I think luckily we're learning more about pans and pandas and there's a lot more kind of treatments um, popping up. So. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the summary of, of me. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's super interesting. And we did actually have Dr. Jennifer Bear on the podcast a while back. And she oh, talked awesome. about, yeah, resilience, naturopathic. And it's, yeah, I I agree. Like there is a lot in the natural route and, and we've had a lot of success there. Um, I think it's still a bit of a challenge at times to find the conventional Western doctor's that you know can help i know there's definitely some i'm up in canada so sometimes it's a little bit more difficult mm -hmm. um but yeah totally agree that i don't think i don't think one route's better than the other like it you know totally depends on the, the situation and what you have available and and all of that but glad to hear that you know you're doing pretty well um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, are you at a point where it's kind of less of a roller coaster at this point like it's a little more predictable yeah, I would say it's definitely more predictable. Um, yeah. Like I said, I still I still do struggle with anxiety and OCD. And there are times where it does still, you know, it gets bad enough that it does really impact me on a daily basis. But mm -hmm. I think at least now I have more of like a kind of like a toolkit, I kind of call it yeah. to, to just be able to manage, um, you know, so I do a lot of different things. And I can kind of talk about some of those like tools that I use besides homeopathy. Um, mm -hmm. that helped too. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's gotten to a point where it's, it's at least manageable. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, why don't you go ahead, like talk about some of those tools that have helped along with the homeopathy that, you know, I think one of the things that's so challenging is the different age ranges that are affected, right? Like, so my son, similar to your story, like things really hit hard in like grade two, like it, that was sort of, and like, it's, you know, the child's still pretty young, it can be difficult to mm -hmm. introduce some of the tools. But yeah, I'd love to hear about like some of the things you've used over over the time. 
Yeah, totally. Um, so I've, I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried, you know, different kinds of therapy. I've done traditional like CBT, um, tried EMDR, a lot of different things. None of those um, seem to work super well. There are certain therapists that I've, I've found some benefit from um, in the past, but I think a lot of things I've found are just kind of like daily habits or weekly habits that um, mm -hmm. the more I do them, the more I notice that they help. Um, so it's a lot of different things, but um, something I've started to do a little more recently is taking cold showers. That's actually okay. an interesting one that um, I've actually found is really beneficial. Um, so yeah, doing that, trying to exercise more. I think I notice when I'm not exercising that my mental health definitely takes a decline. And I'm sure that is the same for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried, uh, you know, meditation, various supplements, um, trying to eat as much of an anti-inflammatory diet as I can. I'm not always the best at it, um, but I've noticed that when I am actually following that, it, it does help kind of keep me a little bit more settled overall. And then also, I think, um, I think one thing that people should be, you know, should be open to is if it is necessary to not not completely avoiding like medication. I think there are times where it can really help. Um, and I know I said I've done more of the naturopathic route, but um, I do also take a, a beta blocker for anxiety. And that actually has mm -hmm. helped me a lot, just um, especially when if I'm doing a stressful day at work or something like that. Um, so I think, although I, I'm really glad that growing up, I didn't um, have to take, you know, psychiatric medications or anything like that. I'm glad my parents kind of kept me away from those. I think um, there are certain medications that I think people should be open to if they need it. And if anything, too, just kind of taking something to settle you down and be able to kind of work through whatever therapies you're doing. Um, I think that's something that people should be open to as well. So, yeah, I tried a lot of different things and still still learning. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts on mental health and um, I'm in a lot of different Facebook groups for, you know, people with pans and pandas and just kind of trying to research and seeing what other people are doing that are helping them and then seeing if it works for me. So I've been trying, trying lots of different stuff. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. And, you know, it's an ongoing thing for sure to keep keep tweaking things so that you can feel your best. And I mean, I think we all do that. Like I have psoriasis, like so that's an autoimmune condition. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I deal with anxiety as well myself. And, and I'm always, yeah, kind of tweaking, okay, what's too much exercise? What's not enough? What's yeah, right. how do I figure out, you know, that diet piece to, so that I feel my best? But, you know, um, can can kind of manage it. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you sharing those. Um, I wonder too, like, what are some of the things that you found frustrating around dealing with pandas pans over the years? Is there anything that kind of sticks out as like a real challenge? Yeah, um, lots of things, I guess. Um, the two kind of main things that I have dealt with growing up, like I talked about a little bit were anxiety and OCD. Um, so those kind of are the two the two main things. And for anxiety, a lot of it is kind of performance anxiety based for me. So any type of situation that like my brain perceives it as a performance, even if it's not, it could be like a social situation, um, could be really a lot of it showed up for me playing sports growing up. So I would get like really, really intense um, performance anxiety. And that was tough to deal with. But um, kind of using a lot of those tools helped me manage some of it. Another thing that I didn't mention earlier was uh I actually did um, hypnosis, so hypnotherapy growing up, and that was actually something that, um, funny enough, actually worked really well for me with my performance anxiety. Um, the other other things that I've dealt with a lot, like I said, OCD, um, intrusive thoughts. I think anyone who struggles with OCD kind of 
understands that uh, your brain kind of goes through like different themes. So, you know, one week you'll be really having a bunch of obsessive thoughts about one thing. And kind of once you get through that and then it'll switch and it'll be something else the next week. And so um, OCD, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about it just being like, a, you know, something where you, ha- you feel like you need to clean a lot or something like that. But it, it really can be very mm-hmm. debilitating as far as just being hard to get through your daily life with obsessive thoughts about whatever it may be. Um, so that, those are things I've dealt with a lot. And then, um, funny enough, actually, like I've noticed fine motor. Um, I think OCD has affected my like fine motor skills. I used to go to, um, an occupational therapist growing up for my fine motor skills, which is funny because now I'm going into OT. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was, that was one thing, um, that I've noticed, um, I would assume has, um, is because of the pandas. It could be from something else, but it seems like I've noticed other people with pandas deal with similar things. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so those are a lot of those are kind of the things that I noticed growing up. Kind of constantly being in a fight or flight response is something that I think a lot of people with pans and pandas deal with too. And just having to kind of feel like you need to survive on a daily basis because you don't feel calm and settled. So I think though I've done a pretty good job, I think, covering up a lot of the things I'm dealing with when I'm out in social settings. Um, I think a lot of people wouldn't know that kind of inside a lot of times I am in that like fight or flight mode. Um, Mm -hmm. So just finding different ways to kind of manage that. And also, I think trying to be more open about what I'm dealing with. In the Mm -hmm. last like four or five years, I've definitely become more open with sharing what I'm going through with friends and family. And, you know, I think especially since COVID, the having conversations about your mental health is kind of a lot more common these days. At least that's Mm -hmm. what I've noticed in my life. Um, So I would say for anybody out there who's struggling with whether it be pans or pandas or any mental health condition that try to be open about um, what you're going through with the people that you're close with, because it really does take a weight off your shoulders and it can kind of help you feel less alone with what you're going through. So I think that's another thing that has helped me a lot is just, you know, confiding in the people around me and then, even trying to connect with people through these Facebook groups for pans and pandas too has been really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree on the groups helpful. Um, yeah. And the being more open as well. Like I know when we were first challenged with pandas pans in our house, it was like, I didn't tell anybody like, you know, obviously I tried with doctors and things like that, but like friends and family, it was kind of like, Oh my gosh, like I, you know, and, and same, like my, son would sort of hold it together in certain situations, but then at home it would be really challenging. And, you know, then eventually when we told people, it was like, oh, well, he seems fine. Like everything seems fine. And they're like, yeah. yeah." (laughs) Um, And you sort of know, and I have heard that with fine motor skills as well. Like one thing um, is uh, like handwriting. You hear that often that it can impact handwriting, things like that. So definitely. And that's, that's kind of great that you're doing something that, you know, you, you came across like in being an OT. And I always Mm kind of think that with my children, like that, I hope, you know, the one positive might be that they've been exposed to lots of different um, practitioners and things over this time. So maybe there's something, you know, helpful that that they can do with it in the end. Yeah. And I kind of noticed too, because I I originally actually graduated with a business degree with uh, an undergrad So I was Mm -hmm. originally going to do something completely different. And I kind of realized that I think partially going through all these things growing up had just given me a really strong interest in like learning about the brain and why people are the way they are. And so I felt myself straying more towards like a psychology or or mental health type career. 
So I actually, yeah, I actually decided to completely switch careers when I was, I think when I was 23. And so decided to go back to school for occupational therapy. And I'm hoping to work in a mental health setting too, and maybe eventually work with, you know, kids or adults with pans and pandas. So yeah, I do mm-hmm. think that's one good thing that can come out of this is that you kind of, you end up learning a lot about um, kind of the brain and mental health and the body. And so I think you can kind of use your, your pain and turn it into kind of your power too. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you have tools that you're like using and you're living like a certain lifestyle that, yeah, you could like kind of be sharing with people. And so that seems like a really awesome fit. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I do totally agree on the OCD. Like I don't have OCD and didn't know as much about it. And yeah, there are so many misconceptions, even when I try to explain even to relatives, like, okay, well, this is what it looks like at times. It's like, you know, everybody thinks it's like organization or cleaning. Basically, yeah, exactly. like Those are the things that are out there, right? And it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not how it really presents. And it's super challenging. Like, um, so absolutely, that's, I can, can totally agree with that message for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I wondered, like, in terms of your family, like, so it sounds like with your journey through this, you know, you had some initial help, um, and then things like settled down, but then kind of came back, like, did you notice any particular impact with your family? Like, say, you know, on, on how you guys were journeying through all of this? Mm hmm. Yeah, I guess first off, I'll say that my family, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My family has been incredibly supportive throughout this whole process. And I think they are part of the reason why I've been able to like power through all the struggles I've had is because they are so supportive. Um, and my mom, especially, I think she's she had some of her own health issues. And so I think she's become really good at like researching and kind of figuring out what is going on. And so it's because of her that we figured out um, that pandas might be the issue that I was having. And it turned out to be. Um, so I do think it, it has been hard on my family. Um, anytime you're going through mental health struggles, I think it's hard on the people that are close to you because they want you to get better. And then, you know, I'm sure I wasn't always the easiest kid growing up. Um, so yeah, I think it has been hard on us, but, um, they've, they've kind of just been super supportive throughout the whole thing. And, and I think it's, it's helped us learn just a lot about how to like stay healthy in general is, you know, even, even some of the, the tools I talked about, like trying to eat a diet that is anti-inflammatory. And, um, you know, my, most of my whole family is doing homeopathy now for different things. So I think it probably uh-huh. has helped in some sense um, in the long run. One interesting thing that I think also affected my healing growing up is that uh, we found out that the home that I grew up in actually had mold in it. In uh, the last couple of years, we figured that out. And so I think that's one thing that can also make it harder for anyone who's dealing with an autoimmune condition is if you're in an environment that doesn't allow you to heal for whatever the reason may be, um, for us, it was mold uh, that can really play a big impact. And I think a lot of people don't even know to like look for those kind of things. So luckily my parents are out of that house and they have a new house now. Um, but I actually, I noticed a significant improvement once I moved out of my childhood house and was living in different places that seemed to have less mold, um, definitely noticed the improvement there too. So I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about is that the environment you're in can impact how you're feeling a lot too. 
Absolutely. We similarly, we um, ended up doing treatment for mold and, and it can even be like in schools or yeah. um, I spoke with someone that said like they went to like a camp or like a dorm, like it can be, you know, so many different spots and, um, and be like a real trigger. So that's a really good point. We had um, Dr. Jill Krista on who talked about um, some of her work with mold and it was really helpful, but yeah, I, I agree. That's a really tricky area and it can be so difficult to, to move away from it. Right. Like, yeah, it really yeah, can. It's, yeah. It's, and it, it, it's kind of like once you kind of open up that can of worms, then <laughs> it can be really, really mm -hmm. tough. So it's almost like blissful ignorance if you don't know that you're having that, but at the same time, yeah. you, that might be something that's holding you back from healing too. So it is, it's kind mm -hmm. of a tough balance to figure out. And that was like us, like we just kind of kept, we were working with a naturopath at the time and we kept like doing new things, doing all this stuff, doing it, doing it. And we were like, I, I kept saying like, we're missing something. Like we're just not getting there on this. And so I said, you know what, let's, let's do the mold test. Let's, you know, see what the mold levels are like um, in mm -hmm. the urine test. And so then it was like, oh no, yeah, definitely there's been exposure. And so yeah. had to go from there and it made a world of difference like doing that last it was like the last little piece of the puzzle that then kind of finally you know we saw some some real change after that so I yeah totally agree yeah I'm glad you guys figured that out yeah I know and like that's I guess what I wanted to ask so you mentioned your mother like kind of looking into this and like that would have been a while ago for her to even be coming across that in what like the early 2000s kind of thing yeah yeah um and I know even for me like so for my son we were like around 2015 and it was still like really difficult to find anybody that would even talk to us about pandas pants so yeah like mm -hmm. you know how how did she find this out? Like, how did she start to put it together? Because even OCD can be difficult if you don't have it to recognize what it is. Like, that's what I've noticed. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think I'm not exactly sure how she initially first came across it, but I think she was just trying to research any possibility that could be affecting me. And she did mm -hmm. notice that that um, relationship between when I would get sick, whether it be strep or sinus infection or whatever, that my mental health would get worse after that. And so I think she she kind of saw the connection between those things and started doing more research. And actually, that first naturopath that I worked with, um, the one that gave me the homeopathy that helped initially, my mom brought up pandas as something she thought could be the trigger. And um, the person, the doctor didn't think that that would be the case because it, it didn't happen overnight. Like my symptoms didn't come on overnight. Right. And I think mm -hmm. we now know more that sometimes it doesn't always show up like that and it can be more of a mm -hmm. gradual thing. Oftentimes it is overnight for a lot of kids, I think, but it's not always that way. And so I think mm -hmm. she did kind of bring that up initially, but just kind of got turned away. And then, like I said, with the, uh, my primary care doctor, he didn't even like believe in it. And so I think mm -hmm. there was definitely, definitely a lot of barriers to kind of figuring out what was going on. And I know a lot of people out there who have these conditions, um, they, they have to go through the same things or like even worse when they try mm -hmm. to um, bring these things up to providers. So I think, I think it's just one, one reason um, I, I even wanted to do the podcast too, is just kind of to help like spread awareness that oftentimes um, we don't think about this type of trigger as something that could be causing mental health troubles. And so I think kind of as more research comes out and um, we start talking about these things more, I think a lot of people will, realize that maybe they were even misdiagnosed when they were younger and 
they could be dealing with it, these types of things. And so, yeah, I think it's just good to continue the conversation. And the more we spread awareness about it, the more people will kind of be helped from these things. Absolutely. And I do think I remember seeing with the COVID times, like there was articles kind of saying, oh, it seems like there might be a link with mental health. And it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do. I do hope it's just going to keep getting better. And I mean, even within the time that we've been dealing with it, I see so much more now. Right. Like there's like a lot more ideas of, OK, here's where you could start and and mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I hope it just continues to get better because I like I agree. I think there's a lot of people or a lot of children, a lot of adults struggling that don't know that this is a thing and that yeah. it, it could be them. And I remember when I was first researching. So, you know, 2015 ish, I I kept coming across articles like I would kind of put in, you know, here's all the symptoms that we're dealing with. But the articles made it seem like, oh, this is so rare. And so like, I kept yeah. thinking, what are the chances that this is what we would like? No, <laughs> like this is basically telling me there's no chance that this is something that we're dealing with. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. But yeah, then it turns out like, I think it, you know, you hear from a lot of the different organizations that it's probably more common than what, what we think and what we have recorded. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. And I think partially because like a lot of these doctors and stuff don't even really acknowledge it. I think that's partly mm-hmm. why like that maybe the numbers don't show it, it's as prominent as it probably really is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think you're in a really unique place in terms of, you know, you're getting older, you're an adult and yet you've got this experience. Is there anything that like, if you reflect back that you would kind of share with parents in terms of if they're, um, working with their child who's experiencing pandas pants, like any tips or advice that you would have? Yeah, good question. Um, I, there's a lot of different things, I guess. Um, I, I guess one thing would be that really don't don't rule out any form of treatment. I think mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that we were kind of open to trying a more traditional route and a more natural route because I think we ended up finding the solution when we tried everything. And so I think don't, if you have initial opinions towards something, I think maybe maybe try to give it the time of day and give it a chance at mm-hmm. least because you never know what will actually end up working for your kid. Um, and then I think just, I know how hard it can be. Like anybody going through all this is incredibly brave and it is really, really tough, especially when it is such a kind of unknown and un, uh, not very widely discussed thing. I think that makes it even more like isolating. Um, so I think just kind of like, cutting yourself some slack and like being proud of yourself for being able to manage these kinds of things. Cause I think most people don't know exactly what you're going through and it is really, really hard. So I guess I would say that like, don't compare yourself to other people. Everybody's on their own journey. And like, it, it can be, especially I guess as a, a parent, like raising a kid growing up, I'm sure parents are comparing, you know, the milestones their kid is reaching mm-hmm. compared to like uh, their friends or anything like that. And, I know it's really, really hard to do. Like I am always comparing myself to other people, but I try to try to remind myself that like I'm going through something completely different from what they are. And they're probably going through something too, but just kind of trying to like stay in your own lane and, and just trying to be proud of yourself for even like little victories. Or if you feel a little bit better one day, um, feeling proud about that. And so, yeah, I would say it is, it's just, it's definitely a journey, but trying, trying everything you can and trying to, you know, 
uh, be easy on yourself throughout the process because it is it's it's very 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 difficult. Um, so that's I guess those are kind of some of the big things that I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that definitely applies to to youth as well that might be happy struggling or adults like with it themselves. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and one thing like I'll catch myself the odd time and kind of be like, okay, but look at how far we've come. You know, like just kind of having right. those reflection moments can be really helpful. And I guess another thing I would say too is um, try to find other people who are going through a similar situation because I think it can be really, really helpful to just like have somebody, whether it be a friend or even just somebody online who you can connect with about these things because it can be just so isolating. So I think I'm really glad a lot of these Facebook groups are popping up. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, trying to just connect with people on there can be helpful because having a support group that like actually understands what you're going through is, is really, really important. So that's another thing I would say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I've seen that where even in different uh, parent groups where, you know, people are trying to help each other out and kind of thing. And because we all know how hard it is. Right. And and yeah. it, sometimes you're like, I don't even know where to get started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I think the other thing is like, it's, it's great to once you're in a place to be able to do that. Like when we have, you know, challenging times then I'm like, okay, I don't really have time for, <laughs> for giving back at this point. But yeah, like, right. um, you know, when you've got the space for sure. Um, yeah, totally. Are there anything, anything that you've like learned from this whole process that you would, you would point out or that you've reflected? Um, yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from it. I, I'm, I am glad I think that it did kind of everything I've learned here has allowed me to realize that I want to go down this career path and helping people who are also struggling with mental health issues. Like, I think that's definitely a blessing that came out of it. Um, yeah. And I, I guess kind of the, the things I already said are a lot of the biggest things that I've learned and, and then also kind of trying to like spread awareness to help more people understand um, these these conditions, just realizing that they're even they even exist because I know a lot of my friends that I talk to about this, they don't even know what it is, and so I think it, that does make it hard to like talk about what pandas is because you're kind of initially you're going into it already behind because you you have to first explain what it is and get the person to buy into that before they can give you any sort of like empathy to understand mm-hmm. what you're going through. So. I think just, yeah, just trying to continue to spread the awareness about it and um, just continuing to fight like every day, I guess, is the big thing. And I I feel like I am very fortunate in that although I have had like a lot of struggles, I know a lot of kids and adults dealing with this have it a lot worse than me. And so um, I think I I try to just remind myself that every day and like be proud of the things that I've been able to accomplish in spite of the struggles. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess those are (laughs) some of the big things. No, those are great points. That's awesome. Um, and, and totally agree. Just trying to always move forward and, and mm-hmm. yeah, be grateful for where we're at. Same. Like we, I often think that like, okay, yes, but big picture, you know, it's, it's better and, and that's what we need. Um, yeah. These are all great tools and advice for listeners and thoughts. Any, um, any way that people can connect with you if they're looking maybe to reach out Um is that, you know, do you have social media or anything like that, that I can point listeners to? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't really have like a website or anything like that yet. I'm hoping to like once I'm a licensed OT, um, but I guess on social media, uh, on Instagram, it's Zach Oates too, um, Z-A-C-K-O-A-T-E-S number two. 
Um, so you can follow me on there if you want. Um, and then I also have a LinkedIn, just Zach Oates. Um, so I, I'm trying to, I feel like I haven't been super vocal about um, pans and pandas on social media, but that's, I guess, one of my goals going forward is to just kind of help spread awareness more. So like I said, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast. Um, but yeah, people can connect with me on there and feel free to send me a message or anything like that. That's awesome. And yeah, you know, you've got to start somewhere in terms of that. So this is hopefully a a start for you. And yeah, like similarly, like we just hit a point where I was like, I need to start talking about this. And when I started the podcast, I was kind of focusing on, you know, some of my challenges like anxiety and and interviewing different people and, you know, talking about books and things like that. But then I kind of started to find this niche around pandas pants because I was like, you know what I really need? I need to talk to people that are dealing with this and, you know, that have answers and, um, yeah. And then I realized other people were looking for that too. So um, yeah, definitely. I'm sure it will be well-received if, if yeah. you do start talking about it. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that you've had all these, these guests on. Um, that's great that you've had Dr. Barr and Jill Krista. And yeah, those are, I mean, I think those people have been great about advocating for this kind of stuff. So it's really cool. You've had them on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they were wonderful. And, and yeah, there's been others too, that just, they're so gracious and they have so much advice. It's like, you could just talk to them forever. So yeah. <laughs> I've been super lucky. Um, but thank you so much today for your time. I think this has just been a wonderful conversation and, you know, I love to hear all of the things that, that you're working with and, and how it's, um, how it's helping you along your route. So thank you so much for your time today, Zach. Totally. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much to Zach Oates for joining me this week on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast and for helping us to bring awareness on Pandas Pans Awareness Day um, on the condition and some of the challenges that go along with it. I thought that Zach brought us a lot of really practical um, tools and tricks that he's using in order to help himself. I really appreciated him speaking about his story and how they eventually landed on a diagnosis and where he was able to get help. I know that pandas pans are such um, challenging disorders and can be really difficult in terms of a diagnosis. And so certainly I know today if you're looking for more information on Pandas Pans Awareness Day, um, Aspire in the U.S. would be a great organization to check out their website and their material. Also within Canada, you can check out Inflamed Brain Alliance, which I talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show. And there are also a ton of, of episodes on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast that have to do with pandas pans either from providers that are treating pandas pans and are able to speak about how they're going about that or we did some episodes with parents that are talking specifically about their perspective um also right before I took a break in June we posted another episode with uh Kira Duggan who spoke about her experience with pandas pants so there's so much out there that you can dig into if you want to learn more about this disorder um, or these disorders 
Within this episode, we also talked about resilience, naturopath, and uh, Dr. Jennifer Barr, which is, um, you know, the founder of that organization. So in the show notes, I will link to the episode where I did interview her. It is episode 65, where she speaks about homeopathic treatments for pandas and pans. Um, And last, no, two years ago, we did a whole month where we did episodes all on pandas pants so i'll link up to some of those in the show notes if you are looking for more there also as zach and i spoke about in the interview there are tons of books that have come out recently around pandas pants um dr nancy o'hara wrote demystifying pandas pans recently and we interviewed her and so that's a great one to look at um also dr jill krista has recently released a book on pandas pans um that i i am reading and and is a great one too so i hope today you can take a couple minutes maybe and dig into some of this and learn a little bit more um and just in case it's information that you're going to need thank you so much for listening and we will be back soon. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit Kofi, ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.